Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and today it's the NFL Draft 2023 edition. We talk a little bit about what is going on with the NFL Draft, the impact that the Illini have had, what benefits will be out there for obviously the players, but for the program overall. And we will have on Illini guy Brad Sturdy, as well as Illini guy staff writer Matt Stevens, along with myself, Mike Kegley, and we will talk over a little bit about each team, uh, where we expect the players to uh, have their opportunities to get on the field. And it's obviously a fantastic moment when the NFL draft becomes something that the Illini are relevant in. We can certainly uh, thank Lovey Smith for some of his uh, recruits and and the coaching that Brett Bielma and his staff have put into these guys to get them to this level where they could excel and prove themselves on the football field last year was really exciting, and, and we're benefiting from it today. And certainly next year when we turn on the uh, NFL on Sundays, Monday nights, and Thursday nights, there'll be many more rooting interests than what we've had in the past and we'll have a lot more Illini starters across the National Football League. That will be a lot of fun. So we're going to have a little uh, commercial here, and then we'll be right back with Brad and Matt. Thank you. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. As promised, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and I'm here with fellow Illini guy Brad Sturdy and, of course, Illini guy's staff writer Matt Stevens. And we are going to talk about the NFL draft. So, gentlemen, and we'll start with you, Brad. The Illini get a top five pick for the first time since 1996. What do you think about Mr. Witherspoon going to the Seattle Seahawks? I think it's very exciting. I think it's a great place for him to go. Um, I think he'll, you know, he's an impact guy. He's going to come in and start right away. He's going to have a chance to to be a be a, a shutdown cor- cover corner. I mean, that's what they want from him. The great thing about Devin, I think that that he's a he's so he's such a so athletic, but he's also got such a great like uh, nose for understanding of how to play angles and things like that. So he's more than just a guy who just is fast, right? He's got all he's got the technique. He's been well coached, obviously at Illinois um, to develop. And I think it's a great story. You know, you I don't know how Illinois could sell any better. Come come to Illinois, you can be zero stars, and we'll turn you into a top five pick. What a great sales thing. But for Devin, I think he, he's going to a place. They, they had a great draft. I mean, Seattle had a great draft offensively and and, uh, and uh, defensively. So I, I think they could be, you know, if they can sh- stuff the run a little bit, I mean, you know, they got a chance to be pretty good this year in that division. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I was there on draft night, obviously, um, in Kansas City, and I, I thought – it was a surprise because Seattle really never let it out of the bag that they were thinking about taking a corner and taking Devin. Uh, like I said, they kind of used Detroit and Las Vegas as the stalking horse in terms of scouting and then just said, yeah, we like we like what you guys are, you know, <laughs> helping us out scout-wise with, so we'll just go ahead and take him. And you saw, I thought, in the draft when, okay, so Seattle takes Devin at five, Detroit got the heck out of number six because – I think they were going to take Devin at six. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And they just were like, well, we didn't, we're not going to get our guy. Let's get the heck out of number six. Um, For a situation for Devin, um, you know, I'll have a story up, you know, later this weekend on, on IlliniGuys.com, but um, you heard from Seattle's personnel, specifically Pete Carroll, the head coach and John Schneider, their GM. They showed up on Thursday night after they drafted, Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigma, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. And when they were asked about Devin, they're like, look, here's how much we think about Devin Witherspoon. We don't do this historically as a, as a franchise. They do not take corners this early. 
And so that tells you everything you need to know about what they thought of Devin Witherspoon as an athlete, as a physical corner, and as a guy that can start day one for them outside of the Pro Bowl rookie that they have on the other side. And Pete Carroll said it on Thursday night, I'm going to build this defense from now on from outside in, which is usually flip. Usually people build it from inside out, meaning closest to the ball, closest to the line of scrimmage, and then we'll build outward. Um you know, they were not very good on defense last year. Um, and and they really relied on Geno Smith and that offense to really kind of help them make the playoffs. Um, but I, I'll tell you, that is a playoff team from last year. And all they needed was a, a uh, uh, you know, some defensive help. And boy, they got it in this draft. Brad's absolutely right. And I think it's a great situation for Devin because, you're going to have coaches that know what a, a, a good solid defense. You got a head coach that knows exactly what a good solid defense looks like. And he sure knows, um, you know, what a good corner looks like. Now he compared him to a, a potential future hall of fame safety in Troy, uh, in Troy Palomalu, who Pete Carroll had at USC. But that comparison was just simply in the way that Devin plays and his mentality and, and the way that he does things. And I completely agree with all of that. I just think from a, from a player comp, scenario i don't know if seattle's had a shutdown corner like this before and i I think it'll change the dynamic of their defense starting with rookie training camp whenever Devin arrives there well it's very interesting this is a young young uh group of cornerbacks with with uh witherspoon obviously first round pick this year and Tariq woolen um you know at the at the right corner i guess they're going to put Devin at left you know, he was a draft choice last year, and, and Colby Bryant, their nickelback, was a draft choice last year. So they're really retooling this team uh, to be young. And, of course, you've got the ability to have some really aggressive defensive backs, and you have a low cap number to to, to boot. Um, Brad, what did you think about uh, – a uh, fellow Big Ten wide receiver who was supposed to be the best wide receiver in the Big Ten this year, um, but, you know, got injured there for Ohio State and then had uh, Harrison kind of take over the uh, not only just the best receiver in the Big Ten, but maybe the best player in college football. But uh, it should be interesting to see Witherspoon, you know, on the other side of the ball, another Big Ten guy starring um, for the Seahawks as well. Yeah, they get to play against each other in practice. So, you know, that'd be fun. But I think the one thing about uh, when you're looking at Seattle, if you can get the best wide receiver at the 20th pick in the draft, that's a good thing. And and Smith and Jigba went down not because of anything that he did. Like, honestly, if he could have come out last year, he would have gone higher coming off that Rose Bowl game. But because he had the hamstring and he didn't play as much, it's like we we either one of two things happen when a guy doesn't play. Either they all fall in love with him, or everybody kind of goes, <laughs> "Uh, he's not that good." You know, I don't know. Question marks. You know what I mean? And so you never know what's going to happen. In this case, they kind of he kind of slid. And man, I tell you what, he's good though, and I think he's he's really good. And I don't know if if he plays. You know, I'll be honest with you. And this is my this is going back. If he plays, I think Ohio State wins the national title. Yes. Because if you look at that game, until Marvin Harrison got hurt, they were dominating that Georgia defense. I mean, they were because because they couldn't cover him, right? Yep. Yep. Now you have another guy who can they can't cover. I think they probably win the national title. I mean, and that's that's how that's how good he is, though, right? That, that's what I mean. So that's uh, it's crazy when you think about that, Matt. I, I I agree. I think uh, I, I I think Marvin Harrison will probably go where Jackson next year in the draft, barring an injury or anything, where Jackson Smith and Jigma was gonna go. You know, in this draft, had he not gotten hurt, um, and you know, there, I agree. I think Seattle had a really good draft. That later on on Friday, they decided to take Derek Hall, who I'm familiar with out of Auburn, and a kid that I just think is a physical freak. I have a friend who coached him you know at Auburn and literally said he was one of the most pleasant people he's ever coached because he's incredibly coachable but he's just an athletic freak so they they got the rush in went in the second round and then they drafted later on to like uh, on on Saturday afternoon one of my favorite players in the draft and that's Olawame out of Michigan at the center position and 
another Big Ten guy that I think is is going to make a difference for, for I thought was going to make a difference for a team um, was key to Michigan being able to run the football all year long last year and, and led that offensive line and I thought was going to be a key guy that could be a plug and play middle round selection. Um, you know, Seattle had a, Seattle had a good weekend and and they started it off again by like I said doing something that they just don't do, which is draft corners really really high. They haven't historically done it at all. They haven't believed in it philosophically. But they looked at their draft board and said, hey, Devin Witherspoon's the best player on the board. We got to take him um, or we got to get out of this pick. And I don't think they were able to get out of the pick. So they took Devin Witherspoon and now they've got two guys that they think can be, you know, competing for Pro Bowls on on the outside at corner. And 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 they'll figure out the rest from there. You know, and, and it was we got to see Brett Bielma on TV, you know, giving the big hug, you know, which to me, if I'm a defensive back and I'm seeing a zero star receiver who somehow gets coached up to uh, be the fifth pick in the, in the draft. I'm, I'm going to say, well, maybe I go there, but, but it didn't stop there for Illini fans in the second round. Jartavius Martin largely uh, fueled by a pretty good season and an incredible uh, appearance at the combine goes to the Washington Commanders. So if there's ever a year that you want to be drafted by the Commanders, it's when they get <laughs> sold by Daniel Snyder. So um, I, I, I did not expect him to go ahead of Sidney Brown. Brad, were you surprised by that? Or did those type of numbers at the Combine make you think that, um, you know, maybe things were changing? Yeah, we didn't. It didn't surprise me. I know. I know he didn't have maybe the the name or production of Sidney Brown, but when you look at him, he just leapt off the charts. You know, with his his attributes. I mean, just it's crazy. And we often, you know, we didn't talk about him as much. But you know, he was he was really good. I mean, he's really good too. And so you look at him, and and I think a lot of teams have looked at him as a guy who maybe he's not quite a finished product yet. But you you put him as your nickel guy. And, and and he's that's a pretty good nickel uh, guy, and and he has the potential to be a starting corner as well. And you know, with the way teams play now, they're always having three wides, four wides, whatever it is. You got to have those that he could be that third corner right away, and and come in, and he's familiar with playing that position. But the other thing you can do is you can play him at safety. You know, he can play safety too. So it's not just a he's got versatility, and I think that that really helped him too. And you know, obviously, being a freak athlete doesn't hurt your chances either. You know what really helped Quan is that Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph had a Pro Bowl type rookie year last year as a third round pick, playing the exact same position that Quan played, you know, the year before. And I'm not saying that Quan didn't have a great year in 2022. He absolutely did. And he absolutely showed himself in two ways. Um, late in the year, I think he he continued to get better and better and better. Quan was interesting because like nobody, even Brett Bielema and Ryan Walters and Aaron Henry could figure out where they wanted to play him from week to week. This goes all the way back to Lovey Smith, not f- being able to figure out, are you a corner? Are you a nickel? Are you safety? So he played them all. And NFL, if they love anything, they love versatility. So he gets to finally like the middle of this last year and he starts honing in on one position. And then you started seeing what kind of an elite athlete and defender and in, in the secondary he really is. He had a great game against Michigan. He had a great game in the bowl game against an air raid offense. Um, and then, yeah, Mike, you're absolutely right. He went in the combine and just knocked it out of the park. His 44-inch vertical was something that scouts had never seen before. He ran a sub-4-5-40. Um, and then they looked at Kirby Joseph and said, yeah, we could use that. And and I love the fit again for Quan. Why do I love the fit? Well, this is a coaching staff in Washington that loves defense. You know, Chico Rivera is their head coach. I mean, he knows a little bit something about defense. He was on the he was he was on the '86 Bears. Okay, their defensive coordinator is Jack Del Rio. He knows a little bit about defense. I I, I love that that Quan gets to go into that kind of environment and 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 work his way into a rotation. And 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 honestly, for a kid that's done nothing but work his tail off his entire time he's gotten here at Illinois, um, I think he'll be just fine once he gets to Washington and gets his gets his feet settled and. They that's an organization that all they have to do is figure out, okay, this is what we want you to do. 
and then he'll work his tail off to do that. And I think he's going to have a really good career. Well, the other thing is, is this just shows what a young man's game the NFL is. Fellow uh, 23 draft choice, you know, Emmanuel Forbes is kind of penciled in as the right cornerback, although, you know, Quan's going to get his opportunity and that could flip-flop. And and their whole def- starting defensive backfield, the gray beard is Cameron Curl, who was is basically being, you know, he was a 2020 draft pick. So, I mean, this is a young team. And I, as a Cowboy fan, it really distresses me the amount of Illini who are going into the NFC East as non-Cowboys to give me problems when I have to root on a uh, Sunday afternoon. Brad, how do you handle that when you get a non, when you get all these uh, Illini guys, players going up against your beloved uh, Raiders. Yeah, it's difficult, man. That's a bad thing. I was just actually, it's funny you say that because I was thinking like, now I got to go, gosh, I got to cheer for the Bengals, you know, know, know. Chase Brown's there, you know, so you start thinking about that and uh, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's always fun though. I, you know, the NFL draft is one of my favorite days, favorite weekends of the year, because this is like a dream come true for these guys. This is what they've been playing for the whole year. And, And in the NBA, I love the NBA draft too. And I love the minor league baseball. I love all the drafts. I love following them. love being involved in them. But here's the thing. The NBA draft's a lot different because you don't have seven rounds of guys that have a chance to come in and literally play. Like we haven't really gotten in to talk about Sidney Brown yet, but Sidney Brown's going to come in. And I'm going to tell you right now, he, he's, he might be an all pro player as a special teams guy because he's got that makeup to just be that guy running down. He could be a, you know, I just think he fits, you know, he's just a guy who's a complete football player. And so we haven't even talked and he went, you know, he goes, you know, in the third round. So you start putting about these guys and they're guys that fit roles in the NBA, you know, they, they do more of the second round draft a guy from Europe and stash him and see where he comes over in three years, like Tony Kukoc back in the day. And we'll see when he comes over. So, I, you know, but this NFL game, you're seeing guys, they're going to come in next year and they're going to play. These guys are going to be playing the NFL. They're going to be at camps coming up this summer and and trying to make their way. It's like, uh, here we go. I got to go find a place to live in Philadelphia or, you know, wherever it is, Cincinnati, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wishing that we get more Illini that would be drafted by the Cowboys. But hey, you know, we'll we'll have to suffer through that. Now, uh, you know, Quan ended up in Washington, and then of course Sidney Brown is on the Eagles and that is the worst case scenario because that team I, I I thought their draft this year was nothing short of amazing to the way they were able to stack up the the depth and talent on that defense now he, he was he was drafted there and of course right now on the depth chart looks like he will not be a starter but you can't underestimate his ability Brad, what did you think about, you know, him going on to the, uh, you know, going on to the Eagles and, and obviously it looks like right now they have him penciled in at free safety and, and, you know, backing up Reed Blankenship, but, but this is a uh, undrafted free agent who, you know, who came out of uh, middle Tennessee. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, um, you know, he's not a good player, but I also wouldn't be willing to say that Sidney Brown, you know, is 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 not going to start this fall. I mean, there's a chance he could win a starting job and, and be out there as a rookie. Yeah, I think that's possible. I, I think he's going to play regardless. Um, and like I say, he's going to be, even if he doesn't start this year, he's a guy who's going to play. You have a, you know, it, there's obviously a chance that he could maybe, um, you know, be a impact special teams guy as well. I think that's definitely a possibility. So, and that's where I, I think this is a great fit. He's on a winning, he's in a winning culture and they, they value defense as well, obviously. And he's going to get an opportunity and he's such a, and Matt can probably speak to this more, but he's such a smart football player. I mean, he really is a smart football player. He's a guy who understands. And, and, and I always knew like those guys, the Brown Brown brothers walk around with their shirts off and they, they, they put people to shame. Right. But I didn't realize. Not us, Brad. Not us. Why? Because I don't care. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for them. But no. But the reality is, 
I didn't realize you don't realize how fast they are. Like Sydney was faster than I thought he was. And so I think sometimes it's like, wow, you know, he's got the body, you know, he's strong, you know, he's got, now it's like, he's got the speed. This guy could be really good. And maybe that's why Illinois defense, maybe it wasn't just like, you know, the play calls, maybe this defense was pretty good because they had a lot of really good guys too. So there's something we said for that too. Two things about Sydney Brown to Philly. One is, is that my best friend who I was the best man at his wedding is an Eagles fan. And the minute that, on Friday night that they drafted Sydney Brown, he he texts me and he goes, am I crazy? Because he watched his YouTube film or whatever. And he goes, is this a poor man's Brian Dawkins? And I kind of went, yeah, like that's not a bad comp. Like, I mean, and the reason I say that is he's physical. Brad's completely right. I imagine scouts went out of their mind in Mobile at the Senior Bowl when they walk up to that stage in nothing but their underwear and – they look at Sidney Brown and Chase Brown and go, holy crap, that's a different kind of human being. I mean, <laughs> and, and 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 the other thing is, is that the other thing I have to imagine, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm almost positive that this assumption has to be correct. I have to imagine the biggest cheerleader in the draft process for Sidney Brown was none other than Lovey Smith. Lovey loved Sidney Brown and played Sidney Brown the day from the day he arrived on campus in Champaign as a true freshman for a reason. And I mean, if if any NFL team or Howie Roseman called up Lovey and said, Hey, what do you think about the kid that played safety for you for two years? There was a glowing recommendation coming because there was always a glowing recommendation when Lovey was the head coach. And then you call up the people of Illinois and you're going to get nothing else. But I, I think from a physicality standpoint, he fits what they want to do in Philadelphia. I think from a football intelligence standpoint, he obviously fits what they want to do defensively. He can, he can play so many different roles. Obviously, Keg, you said he, they have him pegged at free safety, but he can play in the box. If you need an extra linebacker, he can be a guy that can backpedal and play as, as a, as well, there's team there's, there's formations now in the NFL where guys, they play with four safeties. They'll play with four safeties or um, and just one linebacker. And Sydney can do that. I mean, there's a reason why Sydney went as high as he did, and it's because the NFL game is changing with more safeties on the field and less linebackers. And Sydney Brown is physical enough to make that work. And I think that Brad's 100% right. He's going to a team that literally played in the Super Bowl this past year. And so from a winning culture standpoint, they've got it rocking and rolling in, in Mike Cagley's beloved NFC East. And I think that they have a physicality of a player that they're going to love having, um, you know, not only on defense, but Brad's right. He can play special teams. Um, you know, both Sydney and Chase Brown can return kicks. I mean, they've done it before. Um, there's so many different ways that you can use a Sydney Brown that I, I think the Eagles once again um, figured out a way to figure this draft thing out. The only question I have is it, it appears to me, it, it was appearing to me by like Friday night that uh, Sydney Brown, and his representation convinced the Eagles that he played at Georgia because that's pretty much where the Eagles staffed their entire <laughs> scouting department was in Athens, Georgia. But um once they got done taking Georgia players, they looked over at the guy that played safety on the number one defense in college football in 2022 and took him. So I, I agree. Unfortunately for your Cowboys, Mike, Howie Roseman and the Eagles had a hell of a draft. Yeah, well, let's let's talk quality control here, Matt. How do you have a best friend who's an Eagle fan anyway? How does that happen? <laughs> Man. My, my guess is here's here, the story. It's not a real complicated story. It's one of those where he he grew up in a Packer household and he finally just had, had enough of green and gold and decided to root for somebody else. And um, when we were, we, we were going, I knew growing up and we were in high school, he was a huge Donovan McNabb fan when, when McNabb was an Eagle. So that became a thing. And um, yeah, he's look, he's, he's celebrated more Super Bowl appearances in his lifetime than I have. And I'm not really thrilled about that as a bear fan. So that's, that's, that's not uh and then, Hey, in Packer country, when we were going to high school together, I wasn't a Packer fan either. So I was, I was more than happy to be his best friend. Cause I, I really didn't want to hear, you know, you know, roll out the barrel in Green Bay one one more time and hear how great Brett Favre was. Um, so I wasn't real interested in that. So um, that's that's not it's not a real complicated story, but I'm pretty sure he just wanted to be the antithesis of um, his entire family and decided to cheer for somebody else. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, it, you you get used to those Super Bowls when you're young, don't you, Brad? And then they don't come around so often. <laughs> uh, I know. I used to be like, oh, we're gonna have a Super Bowl. Yeah, we should be in there. Yeah, Oops. exactly, exactly. Oops. <laughs> eight, eight in my first, you know, eight in my first twenty-eight years or something like that, and then the big goose egg is Jerry Jones assumes total control of the Cowboys. Been, it's been a real, it's been a fantastic trip. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Um, so now we go, of course, and and of course we have the other um, uh, draft choice, Chase Brown, uh, one of the guys who I thought, um, you know, I think uh, Kuiper had him as the tenth best running back in the draft. I really felt like, and we hear about intangibles all the time, and it becomes a little bit of a cliche, but I thought. Chase Brown's leadership and what he did on the field um, that I thought maybe some of those intangibles weren't factored into these evaluations. I thought he was better than the 10th best running back in the draft, but Brad, he goes to the Cincinnati Bengals and I'm really struggling to find uh, a situation that could be much better for Mr. Brown. No question. I mean, He's going to go in there, and you have obviously Joe Mixon's really talented, but Joe Mixon also may be, you know, in the longest yard soon. So, I mean, you know, he may be, uh, ha- be getting handoffs from Adam Sandler or Burt Reynolds. But, yeah. um, and so obviously that's, uh, th- they have an issue there, and they needed some running back depth. And I, I think Chase Brown is just to start, you know, because they could save some cap, they get rid of, you know, down the road. And you always want those young guys who can come in and be productive right away. I think Chase can be, can't can be that guy he can come in and get carries and maybe in his second year he's probably i think his second year he's probably the starter there we're not just because i know his work ethic and i know what he does i think his second year he's probably a starter on a team that has a chance to win the afc and win the super bowl so that's a pretty good thing right i mean that's a pretty good deal for him and and you know i think he slid a little far because he's one because he's a running back and you know how that goes and if you're not yep to be a running back, you almost have to be a freak like Bijan Robinson to get up there, or you have to have a team like Detroit who takes random guys. Um, but you know, so to to go that high. But I, I think so. It's not. I think he slid more because of positional stuff than anything else. You know, and, and you, then you wonder, like, when you got a kid, like, maybe you should just play your kid at cornerback or safety, or if he's that size, you know, instead of playing running back, you might be better wide receiver. Cause they go higher. So just the way the world's changed. But um, yeah, I think that was more, more it than anything. Yeah. That was kind of shocking because when they were kids, I'm assuming that everybody assumed, you know, when they, they thought about it, be like, Oh, Chase will make more money than Sydney and be the, be the first round draft pick. And over the course of their careers from starting off in pop Warner until now, the running back position has kind of been, you know, de-emphasized throughout the uh, NFL. So Matt, you you've done some of the reporting and and informed Illini fans about Mixon's uh, travails, but um, what are your thoughts on this this pick? I think he could be the starter by like week five. Um, Brad Sturdy said it at the beginning of this podcast. This is a league in which if you're drafted in the fourth round, like Sydney was, you could start. I mean, honest to God, I, I remember Kendrick, you know, Kendrick Green started as a center for Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers as a rookie. And he was a third round draft pick. I mean, yeah, Joe Mixon has a really, I'll just say it, the, a large misdemeanor where you could have, you could spend almost a year in jail um, pending right now. And it has, it has, he has, he has been recharged with it in Cincinnati. Um, allegedly he, you know, waved a gun at a woman in a road rage incident. Um, he was scheduled to be in court earlier this month. Uh, and then you read the statement by the CEO of the Bengals, and it wasn't a glowing endorsement of Joe Mixon being there long term, even though he has a $48 million contract that extension that he signed a year ago. Um, as we all know, with NFL contracts, that can go away very, very quickly. And Brad is correct. They they can save $10 million by cutting him by June 1st. And if they do that, based on their current depth chart and what they've done in the offseason via free agency or not done more accurately, Chase Brown could be your week one starter. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And Brad's absolutely right. 
you know, when Chase Brown got cleared as a transfer from from Western Michigan, when he made the he made the the transition, because you got to remember, Sydney was here first, and then Chase came in as a transfer. The NCAA cleared him in the middle of Levy Smith's uh, 2019 season. What did Chase Brown do immediately? He he returned kicks because he didn't know the offense, but Levy wanted to get the ball in his hands. Bengals may decide to do that. I mean, because he's he can absolutely do that at the NFL level. And if you only have 53 guys that you can be active for on a Sunday, you got to get valuable depth out of every one of those 53 guys. That's Chase Brown. And like you said, Cagley, not only are you getting that valuable depth, but you're getting it at a cheap price because he's going to be on a rookie deal that got drafted in the fourth round. So um, I think it's a great situation for Chase. I think you'll get an opportunity to make an impact on a team that's fighting with the Chiefs and fighting with the Bills to to get the to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl pretty much every year. And if he has an opportunity to win a starting shot behind Joe Burrow at quarterback, more power to him. I, I think I think it's a great situation for Chase. And I think if he can prove the only thing he didn't show on tape at Illinois, which is I can catch passes out of the backfield and I can be a weapon there, he can be a Pro Bowl potential player um, because that's the only thing on tape that nobody could value him at and, and and could scout him at because he just flat out just didn't do it at Illinois. But everything else, he was just more than solid. So one of the things I thought was interesting, Brad, is how did the coaches deploy – uh, we talk about, you know, there's a PR value in having your players drafted. How did the coaches deploy so that, you know, with with Quan being, I think, down in Florida and the the Brown brothers being up in Canada, how did they deploy to make sure that there was a little bit of a, a win for Illinois recruiting, you know, by having, you know, coaches there with, with uh, players at such a big moment in their life? Well, I, I think the, I don't. I think the biggest thing is you want to be like be seen, right, and be present. And obviously, the biggest thing is being seen at the draft because when you're seen at the draft, there, you're on TV, right? I mean, you know, we saw Aaron Henry and Brett Bielema at, with Devin Witherspoon. You know, we see that, and so I think that was the biggest stage for them. But I mean, I think there's part of it is showing that it's not just our number five pick. We're also involved with guys in the second round and third round and fifth round and we're more and maybe you know and maybe even like guy who could get could slide in the seventh round or something like that which is maybe coming so we'll we'll see you know it's always possible right so you want to be seen there and want to be visible so you show that you're supporting all your guys and so that's uh i think that's the hardest thing to do though i don't know how they do it at like alabama where they have like you know 12 guys drafted every year it's like or georgia you know they all go to philadelphia so they just maybe they just meet there i don't know yeah matt matt who went where and how did they how do you have any idea on how that logistic worked yeah i was there thursday night obviously like i said in kansas city and i know brett bielema was there aaron henry was there tank wright was there who was a big catalyst for what you saw with the combine numbers um earlier um and then so I don't, I feel Aaron Henry is going to kill me for saying this, but there is, Brad knows this, there is only one jet for the athletic department at Illinois, right? So Brett Bielema gets on the jet and goes to Canada to, to be with the Brown brothers. And Aaron Henry's got to hop on a commercial flight to Orlando on Friday morning to get to Quan's Airbnb in Orlando um, so that he can be, he can be with him uh, on Friday. And then all of them had to jet, all the way back to Willard and Champaign because they've got some guys in the portal that they needed to go see on Saturday and, and potentially restock the, uh, the, the roster, the 2023 roster at Illinois. Um, and so that was the, uh, let's say cross North America trip of the Illinois coaching staff uh, throughout the weekend. I talked to Brett Bielma about it on Thursday night and, and, Clearly, he's had he's got guys in the first round at Arkansas. He's had guys in the middle rounds at Arkansas. He's had guys in the first round at Wisconsin, in the middle round at Wisconsin. Truly to him, he didn't know that 2022, the 2023 NFL draft was going to be a big deal. Like, and he had people at Illinois going, Brett, we haven't had four guys get drafted in a draft since 2013. Like, you need to be there on Thursday night. We haven't had a guy go in the top five since 1996 you need to be there on Thursday night. And so um, it's, it's, it's a way 
when the NCAA, for whatever reason, and I don't know why this is a rule, will not allow NFL guys to contact high school recruits and say, here is my experience playing for so-and-so. It's a legit rule. I have no idea why it is a rule, but it is a rule. Brett Bielema then has to figure out a way to sell that on recruiting, and Sturdy can verify this. It's the John Calipari effect. Like, if you see John Calipari on draft night, which is – at, admittedly to Calipari, probably the, the the most important night of those guys' lives at Kentucky. And if you're a recruit, you're looking at that and going, that'll be the most important night of my life. It won't be the night we win a national championship. If you're if you're thinking about playing defensive back for Illinois and you're you clicked on the draft Thursday or Friday night and you saw three guys get drafted and you saw the head coach, the defensive coordinator, and the, and the strength coach all there on Thursday night in Kansas City. That's a big time thing. That's a, that's a draft sell night, and and they knew it, and they, that's a recruiting sell night, and so, in a in a roundabout way, they were there for Devin. Don't get me wrong; they were there for Devin's mom. They were there for all of that. Trust me, but that was a recruiting trip more than anything else, and a hell of a one that that they don't have to really you know chalk up as as an official visit weekend or anything like that. It doesn't chalk up anything to them. Um, but it's a huge recruiting trip for those guys that they can now sell. We've heard, Mike, you, you've heard from uh, Mike Farrell that defensive backs in the 24 class and the 25 class are looking at what Illinois is doing in the draft this weekend and going, they can put me in the league. I want to be there, you know, and, and that's that's all that these kids look at anymore. And And if they see that, like they did Thursday and Friday night, that's a huge sell for Illinois and Brett Bielema and Aaron Henry. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty awesome that they're able to do that, and and that's that's what really has to happen, because it's going to be very hard to at least for a couple of years to get into the CFP. Not going to be easy at all for Illinois, but but the program can grow in that direction. Brett Bielma now has seven first round draft picks in his relatively short tenure as a head coach. And he's not a guy who's recruiting a bunch of five stars like Nick Saban is. So to hit that number um, is is a big deal because he's develop, truly developing guys that have been, to some extent, overlooked by the uh, scouts, you know, in high school. Brad, any other thoughts as we kind of wrap up the the draft coverage in a, in a day? To be honest with you. Since we've been Illini guys, really hasn't been a big day for Illinois fans. Been a big day for NFL fans and for fans of different schools. But it's kind of nice this year to actually have some orange and blue to cheer uh, when when draft time comes around. Yeah, no question. I I think uh, it's been been exciting. I think the one thing next thing is to see the undrafted free agents. You're going to see some guys sign. Um, or get you know get op- options to come into camp, maybe make practice squad, whatever. And some of these guys that are still out there for Illinois have a chance to make a roster if things play out right. You know, if they get the right fit, and that's the important thing is just finding that right fit. And we've seen that, you know, in the past. So, um, yeah, I think that's the next step. I, I but it's so important. I'm so happy that Illinois is relevant again. You know what I mean? Like you actually matter in the football world now. So Illinois fans you're relevant and you're going to be relevant again next year. Cause you're going to have more guys drafted next year as well. I mean, not, not more like more than this year, but I mean, there'll be more people being drafted next year. And I think it's going to become a continuity thing where every year you're going to have guys. I'm not saying you're going to have the fifth pick in the draft every year, but you're going to have guys who are being talked about going to senior bowls, being um, in the mix to be at first three round pick moving forward. And that, that means you're relevant. That means your program is on the right footing and on the right path. Yeah, I, I, I think Brad hit it on the head. I think the 2024 draft could be just as exciting for, for Illinois. Um, I'm not saying they're going to have a top 10 overall pick, but if Johnny Newton's the best defensive tackle in the in, in this draft class coming up in 2024, he could be a first-round pick. I mean, that's going to be a position of need for somebody. Um, and if he has an all, another All-American-type season, that could happen. Keith Randolph is somebody that's going to go to the Combine and – just with his athleticism is going to wow people. Um, Brad's right about the current 2023 class. There's guys like Alex Palczewski. Uh, there's, there's uh, you know, some guys like Tommy DeVito is going to get into a camp as, as a quarterback. Um, 
you know, you're going to see other defensive guys like Kendall Smith. You're going to see guys like, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's other defensive guys that are going to get signed. Isaac Darkangelo, I think is going to get signed as an undrafted free agent. Um, Calvin Avery, who did over 30 reps of 225 pounds. I watched it on his pro day. He's going to get probably put into a camp if not drafted really, really late. Um, it's going to be an exciting, uh, you know, and that happens all within like an hour. It's amazing. I, I dealt with it when I was in college at Eastern and I watched seven rounds of draft and my friend, Tony Romo did not get drafted. And then I called him and thought I was really going to have a somber conversation. And he picks up the phone and he goes, Matt, you don't have to worry. I got signed by the Cowboys. This is great. It's awesome. Like, um, and so, uh, it, it turned out to be a hell of a career for Tony. Um, so, uh, this all happens within an hour and it's, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I think, I think next year Bielema could be, I don't specifically know where the draft is in 2024, but he's, he's, he could make a plan to, to do that and be there. Detroit, so, Detroit. Next oh, year. well, another, uh, it's, it's not exactly another, you know, in April, that's not exactly the locale probably Bielema was looking for. No. Um, but, but yeah, he'll, he'll probably be there because, Johnny Newton has a chance to be a first round pick next year. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. And, and um, there's not a doubt in my mind. So, um, and, and yeah, Brad, uh, Illinois is relevant on draft night in, in, in football again. And, and, and I, I noted it. There's two more notes I want to hit, which is one is the last time Illinois had five guys get drafted in a draft. I'm not saying that it will happen today, but if it does, somebody gets drafted late, um, their athletic director graduated. It's 2003 that the, the, the Josh Whitman class um, was the class in which that happened. And so, you know, there's been 20 drafts in which Illinois has not had five guys get drafted. Um, so that's, that's a goal that Brett Bielema and the guys want, want, want to do. And then you mentioned it, Cagley, the, the seven first round draft picks that have come off of Bielema roster. Now he's had other guys that he recruited, but then he left, and I, I couldn't count that. But he's had seven guys off of his roster get drafted in the first round. The reason Devin Witherspoon is so significant, at least to me, the the previous six were all big dudes. They were either defensive linemen or offensive linemen. And what Brett Bielema proved on Thursday night by being there in Kansas City is he proved, oh, I can put skill guys in the in the first round too. And that's a big deal for Illinois because you know Brett Bielema is going to build from the inside out but his outside guys in the secondary had a hell of a weekend. And I think that they proved, especially with Aaron Henry, we can put skill guys in the draft too. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. And I think it was a big, big recruiting uh, aspect for Illinois football going forward. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I think I'm going to do one last subject here before we close her down, but Brad NIL dollars for uh, Illinois football have, have not been, um, may not be horrible, but it's certainly not, you know, where Coach B would like him to be. He took a strategy this this spring of saying, all right, let's use our our funds to get people to come back and play one more year. So in other words, instead of getting somebody that you don't know what you're going to get out of them, go for past productivity in an orange and blue uniform, um, can you talk a little bit about that strategy? And and obviously, as as we pile up more winning seasons, maybe there'll be more NIL money for Coach B to build a team with. Yeah, I, I think that there is um, there's NIL money there, but I think a lot of people are going to need them to be good again this year. I, I really do. I think that will increase – there, but there's NIL money for guys that are proven. Like there's NIL money for Keith Randolph, and there's NIL money for Johnny Newton, and there'd be there was NIL money if Chase Brown wanted to come back for another year, um, and so forth. But there isn't going to be NIL money for a bunch, and there's NIL money for a quarterback in the portal, you know, a Luke Altmyer type thing. But there's not going to be NIL money for a bunch of high school kids right now until you show that you can do it, you know, more than one year because Illinois fans have been fooled before, right? I mean, you know, it's like, it was Ron Turner. And then it was, you know, terrible. And then it was Ron Zook, you know, we had Ron Zook and it was, then it went to, you know, kind of went downhill despite the fact they had some talent and so forth. So, um, and even Lovey, everybody's kind of got excited about Lovey and then, you know, we're down downhill there and, they want to see a, a, a second year, I think. And if you start, and I think Brett Bielema is going to do it. I think they're going to win. They're going to be another bowl game next year. 
I think Illinois will make a bowl game next year. And I think when you start putting bowl games, you know, two, three, four years in a row, people are like, oh, we're, we're relevant. We matter. And I, I think that's when you start seeing this. And the, I don't think it hurts seeing these guys get drafted on draft night on, on national television. Everybody's watching, seeing that, oh, well, then maybe if that guy would be a good guy to market our, our, pro, our items or whatever. So I think that helps, too. So I think we're going to see that building. People are starting to understand that the world's different. And the college football world is, you know, let's be honest. It's not not shocking all the best teams are the teams that have the most money. Sounds bad, but it's the way it is. Yeah, it's the way it's always been. Matt? Just quickly to piggyback off that, um, I, 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 through no fault of his own, I have been critical of, NI, of, of Illinois' NIL efforts in, in football. Not in basketball, but in football. And through no fault of Brett Bielema at all, at all, he is doing everything he can to build up that war chest. I want to make that very, very clear. Um, but his strategy might not be might not be that bad, and actually might be pretty good. And let me quickly summarize: this afternoon, you know, Saturday is draft rounds four through seven, the end of the draft. So Saturday afternoon, I got I I, I went it to a website and I looked at what the projected rookie signing bonuses are if you get drafted in the middle of the fourth round. Okay. Well, I could tell you and Sturdy can verify this. We have been told not to say the number, but it's, it's less money than Johnny Newton got to come back to Illinois. Okay. And um, not by a lot, but it's less, it's less money. And the selling point at that point is, you know, if we can give you fourth round money, to come back to Illinois and you can make yourself a better player and a better prospect and a more attractive prospect. And then you get drafted in the middle of the first round. Um, not only did you bet on yourself and win, but we helped, you know, reimburse you for the rookie contract you would have had if you had decided to go in the draft, if that makes any sense. And I think from a strategy standpoint, that's pretty locked in on, you know, understanding the market, for a marketing major at the University of Iowa and, um, you know, understanding how to you manipulate the market in a way that helps your football program. And I think Brett Bielema is doing an excellent thing like that and, and telling, you know, guys like Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph and I, Isaiah Williams and, you know, Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams on the offensive line. I, I can I can get you more money if you come back and you put more on tape and and I have another year to sell you to draft guys. Trust me, I will get you more money. And um, right now, Brett Bielema can make that promise, and he's batting a thousand on that promise with guys that that he's told to come back to school. And I think that's a huge reason why you're going to see Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph have potential All Big Ten, and in terms of Johnny Newton, a potential All American type season in 2023. Perfect. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on, and we uh, really appreciate this update. We wanted to get this uh, out here and um, uh, talk about at least the four highest drafted uh, Illini picks. There may be a couple more. We will uh, update you as those things happen. But again, uh, big congratulations out there. Uh, great day for Illinois or great weekend for Illinois football. And certainly you can see how it didn't take long with the winning record, the outstanding defensives, the, you know, statistically across the, you know, compared across the country. And, and now with a draft day that Brett Bielma has really made Illini football something again. And I know there were probably people who watched the uh, Devin Witherspoon drafted number five. And, and probably the comment was, I guess Illinois is playing football again. Uh, after the last 20 years of, of challenges that were out there, or at least since 07. So with that, uh, we'd like you to uh, you know join us in just a few minutes. We're going to go through a couple commercials. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it, because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
So thank you so much for taking a listen to us as we talk about the NFL draft. Finally, I would tell you, Eye on the Illini is powered by IlliniGuys.com. Please go there and join $99 a year, and it will keep you up to date on all things Illini. You know, if you want to support us, we'd love to have you as a subscriber. We think that uh, every subscriber is valuable, and we would love to be able to provide you the coverage on Illini football, basketball, women's basketball, golf, baseball. You know, you can go through all of the sports. We go through a lot of Illini sports, and we think you'll be really happy about your subscription. And, of course, we have our message boards in the back that allows you to hear about some of the recruiting things before they happen. And sometimes you'll find out why we don't land with a player, but we end up with a different player. And some that that background stories really makes it cool when the season comes around and you understand the different permutations that were out there in roster construction and how people like Brett Bielma, Brad Underwood, Shauna Green, how they build a, a successful roster. And it's not easy, folks. So IlliniGuys.com, please come along and uh, join that. We also can tell you the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular is on across the state of Illinois. We'd love to have you listen to that. Go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, and you'll see a list of all the places that have the show. Find the area closest to you, the station, the day, and the time, and tune it in. And if you get an opportunity to call them or email them, let them know that you listen. That is a great thing. It helps us out tremendously. And, of course, we have our family of podcast, which is Sturdy for 30, Heads Recruiting Roundup, of course, Eye on the Illini. We also have our two radio shows, Illini Guy Sports Spectacular and Big Sports Radio. These release at 12 noon on Saturdays after all our stations are done broadcasting the show. You can download it if you're in an area that isn't covered. So we would love to have you support us. We are honored to have you uh, choose us over the competition, and we thank you so much. With that, this is Illini Guy Mike Kegley thanking Brad Sturdy and Matt Stevens for their time. Have yourself a great day, and of course, go Illini.